0: Let's get ready to rumble. Like Welcome back, everybody. to We are TPM. We have a great topic for you today. Today, we're going to be discussing how a great property manager pays for themselves.
1: Yeah, and we have a special offer at the end. So if you stay, stay tuned to the end, um, we really look forward to uh, helping as many people as we can with our, with our special offer. If you're special um, enough to make it to the end, and get the special offer, right? <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, all right, Kyle. So, so let's get into it. So, how does a property manager pay for themselves? And we really want to do. Put, we decided to do this in a four or five part series, right? I mean, this is each one of these points that we're about to talk about. Are it's a long discussion, right? And they're very, they're big points that it doesn't get considered as
0: a a time value thing. So yeah, we're going to be going through all of them.
1: We're in it every day. This is what we do every single day. So we intimately understand all these principles we're going to talk. So what we want to do is we just want to share with you, Kyle and I are going to share with you each of these principles. And today I want to talk about um, as principle number one, this is probably, how we make our biggest impact when we take over portfolios is getting our rental rates or keeping them at market rate. What does that mean, Kyle? What does that mean to everybody?
0: That means, I mean, it's a market. So it's just like the rentals, when you, when you rent something, there's always a price tag to it. And like any other market, that market goes up, goes down, or hopefully, depending on who you are, goes up. Um, but you have to keep those rents in line with the market rates because in any market if you don't keep them in line you're you're the one dragging down the market so uh, it's it's important to your portfolio it's important to any investment that you're getting every bang for your buck so really what that means is keeping not not overcharging for rent but
1: charging at market. Exactly. So here's what I want to do. Let's talk about, I want to share with everybody, Kyle, the things that we hear from people all the time about the reasons why they don't have their rates at market rate, right? There's a lot of them. Yep. And I call those, well, you hear me say this every single week. Those are our fear-based decisions, right? This is the ones that people make. And then let's talk about how we do it, how we keep things at market rate. We'll get into a little bit about how we do that. And then we'll talk about why you want to keep them at market rate. You yeah. know, why do you want to do it the way we do it as opposed to the way other people are doing it? Sound good? Yep. Structure is key. Emotion isn't. So, so Kyle, what's the one excuse that you hear when we take over somebody's portfolio? What's the one that comes to mind first for you?
0: Um, I have a really good relationship with this tenant. Is <laughs> probably the first one. You know, that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. What about you?
1: Um, this tenant's been with me for so long. This tenant's been with me for so long. This tenant pays every single month, right? They've been a good tenant. They don't ever call me for repairs and they take care of things themselves, right? Which is a whole different conversation <laughs> about whether that's actually a good thing or a bad thing. Um Well, there's always are... two
0: sides to the coin, right? And that's, that's the... Uh... Call it the landlord's perspective. The tenants perspective is usually what in line with what we're going to talk about. It's uh involves discounts, is yep. is really what they're getting. So
1: yep. um, yeah, if we flip that around and said, Okay, would you spend this much money on this update so that you can get an extra two hundred dollars a month? And the answer is usually yes, I would do that. Well, then why are you giving somebody a two hundred dollar discount so that you don't have to keep things at par, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of
0: well, usually it's something that comes up up to you front facing that makes you realize these things. Whether that's what makes you go hire a property manager, or you realize that now you have to replace an AC unit and you haven't made enough cash flow in the last three years to even pay for that, <laughs> you know, yep. that's that's not how the game's supposed to be. I wouldn't even call it played. That's so not I'm, how it's supposed to be set up.
1: You're absolutely you're you're hundred percent right. You should be collecting and building that pot right, so that when that AC unit needs to go down, you got you've got the money for it. Good. That's that's really wise. The, the one thing I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm sitting here looking at my list of, of these things that, that we've heard. And one, the one that I forgot about that I think is really important is people have a tendency to put people they know and more importantly, family in their rental properties. I see it all the time. And it seems like a great idea. And it almost every time is the worst idea you could possibly make.
0: Yeah, I could ask every every investor, or previous landlord, current landlord, uh, about a story where that came in to be a great idea, and I uh, can't tell you I've heard many
1: or any. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they make sense, don't they? Like, okay, so my sister, my uh, I'm dear friends with my sister, and she's moving out from California and has no place to stay, and I'm thinking about buying a rental property anyway. So why don't I just buy one and let her stay there? That doesn't sound that unreasonable, does it? No, it it doesn't to when you just say it out loud but when
0: you look at it from the experience side it, it, it any any personal relationship being tied into something like your personal investments become there will be animosity no matter where that animosity is, no matter where uh, the relationship is, because even if it's things that are never mentioned, oh, well, I've been giving you this rate. I had no problem with it until, like I just said, I need to replace an AC unit. Well, now,
1: because you've been getting this rate, I feel like you should help me out a little bit, or whatever it is. Well, first, Kyle, stop replacing AC units. (laughs) Secondly... We live in Texas. I I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. If, if If I rented a place to you, do you think for a moment... I'm your father. Do you think I would charge you, like, market rate for it? Probably not. Probably not. what would that
0: decision be based on?
1: Because you're my son, and I care about you, and I care about your income or or your your financial well-being. So, of course, I wouldn't do that, right? Um, Why are you getting me used
0: to a rent rate that's lower than market, and then now I don't ever want to leave your house and... I'm just gonna keep running for you forever. Oh wait, is that what you're getting into?
1: <laughs> a little bit. Well, so so that that gets into a lot of the reasons. We could talk more about why these are all a bad idea because we could have a separate discussion on each one of these that I threw out there and why they're a bad idea, right? Like the the tenant that never calls you. Well, of course they never call you, right? Because you're giving them four hundred dollar discount a month. They don't want to. They they want they you to forget about you. them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's generally where that side of it. Comes from is they're not calling you because they don't want you to reconsider anything about that property, right? Or or what the inflow and outflow is, that kind of thing. So,
1: so here's one I and you guys, I see rookie investors and seasoned investors make these mistakes, right? It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this, everybody makes these mistakes. So, here's one how about on lease origination. So I'm getting a new tenant. I have a vacant property and I'm trying to choose a tenant. There's all kinds of bad decisions rent-wise that, that come into play there, right? Have How many times have you heard, Kyle, when we've taken over somebody's portfolio that, well, I put them in at that price because they paid me cash and they could move in that weekend and it was vacant and I really needed to get somebody in there? Too many
0: times. Too many times. And I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't end up being a good situation sometimes, but a lot of times it doesn't, there's not, you're not covering yourself enough, whether it's on a document basis, whether it's on a collateral basis or collecting enough information in the worst case, uh, having too much faith in just putting somebody in there.
1: So. Kyle, you know that I don't like to use absolutes. I think it's a little bit ridiculous when people use absolutes, but I can tell you this is one of those instances where almost every single time that you take cash from somebody there's a reason why they're giving you cash there's a reason why they need to give you cash and you're gonna find out what that reason is later on and it's gonna hurt you it's gonna hurt your pocketbook it may hurt your property it may hurt everything about that situation down the road yeah I could tell you pretty much everything about the person and
0: lives of most people who have paid us cash for rent <laughs> and over the years so and not saying it's all bad or good it's just you definitely. Get an inkling.
1: <laughs> so. so what do you think about this one, Kyle? I've heard this quite a bit. I don't know if you've heard this. But they were just a sweet little family. And she was pregnant. And they were just they were just cute. And I just wanted to put them in there. I knew they were on a fixed income.
0: I've heard that many times as well. And generally it means that those that process means you didn't do enough verification behind the scenes. So not always, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean...
0: I, would like I didn't to want to think, go too deep into
1: that one, clearly. Yeah, no, no, I so. <laughs> mean, that's, that's one that I hear and it makes it sound impersonal, right? Like people, like sellers that selling their home always tell me that they care about who's selling their home. But then when they look at a bunch of offers, like ultimately they that doesn't play into it, right? Like they care about who's buying their home right up to the point that they're looking at five contracts and making a decision. Then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? So like that sweet little family is about to live in your home but have you? Did you do your due diligence to make sure that that sweet little family is paying their bills, makes enough money, doesn't have criminal records, um, don't have any past evictions? All the things that we look for to paint a picture beyond just the fact that they're a sweet little family when you met them out at the house.
0: Yeah, and that's not a judgment point, and it, you're not even allowed to use it that way. Everything you just said uh, to to use instead is, is how it's. Not just should be done; it's how it has to be done. And doing it the other way around, and portfolio grows big enough, you can be uh, open yourself up to problems.
1: Okay, so we—that's those are the the things that we heard, right? That we hear all the time from uh, from people that that we take over. They're like, this is why, this is that. So, I want to talk a little bit about how we get things to market rent because it's actually a pretty involved process, isn't it? I mean, we're constantly doing this, especially with the way rental rates are moving up.
0: Yeah. And it's, it, it really gets into like everything we just talked about, the pain points and the, the fear-based decisions. It's all lacking structure or really just... Uh, a definitive structure because in in reality, what what both sides, both parties, both sides of that coin want, um, regardless of what anyone thinks, tenants and good tenants are looking for a structured based rental process. Landlords want a structured based rental process, usually assuming when they're not doing it. Um, But it's important. It's important to keeping and attracting good tenants and... Good homeowners, all of it. And like you said, if somebody wants to be outside that structured process, there is usually a reason. Um, not saying we shouldn't have a place for all parties that, that need homes, but no. <laughs> regardless, there's a structured process, there's points. Um, you know what you're going to get on both sides of the coin. So, and that's huge. It's huge to tenant retention and it's huge to tenant retention in keeping things up to market rates, which what we're going to get into is is done by renewals and a, a structured renewal process ideally
1: yeah no yeah you're you're 100% right so um so i want to, i'm thinking about how you know even other property managers i've come across Kyle that they, they're sometimes i don't want to call it i don't know if it's laziness or Sometimes people want to leave well enough alone. I feel like sometimes they're afraid and make fear-based decisions also. It's not just homeowners that are managing their own properties. I've seen a lot of other property managers. Things are going well enough. They go just fine. They're collecting their $1,500 a month from this person. Why should I shake the boat and have another property that I have to market, right? Just let it go, right? That's kind of the mentality sometimes where we take a, a different approach that, this is a business that each one of these homes are a separate business for our clients that we have to manage and manage it like a business. So it is the, a
0: business. I mean, each, in, like you said, in each individual property is its own business and it's operating on a monthly basis by itself. So you I got think of
1: them as like little franchises, <laughs> right? Right. And if this franchise isn't doing well, then we need to do something better with it, right? Or, or close it down.
0: Yeah. Constantly look at it, reconsider, and make it a profitable business.
1: I assume that's what most businesses try to do. So. <laughs> that's what they should be doing anyways. <laughs> so let's get in a little bit about the how, okay? So there is a system that we have employed that we think is is the right way to do things, right? And it takes the human factor into consideration also. So let's take the most extreme situation, Kyle. I've just taken over John Doe's portfolio of five houses and he's got them all at a thousand dollars. A month, Because it's easy. He likes that number. It's easy. Everyone can afford it. Nobody's ever late. I've heard this one before, by the way. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard this exact very thing. Oh, $800 a month, all of them, no matter what. It's it's It
0: <laughs> doesn't matter how big the property is, uh, two yeah, units yeah, yeah. or exactly. two bedroom,
1: one bedroom. I yeah. swear to you, I've had people say that I built a whole portfolio and now I'm selling it and I get it. You can still be successful that way, mm-hmm. right? You may not be the most successful you could have been, but depends on your definition of successful, I guess. Go. At that point, so so we've take this person over. They're at a thousand. Their tenants are at a thousand dollars a month, and let's just say for the sake of conversation, they're all month to month, and they're all ready for renewal. We come in and we renew them. Let's say, let's say they're all at fifteen hundred dollars. Right, this is where the market rate is. So. So the people understand what I mean about market rate. What I mean is what are almost exactly the same home in the same neighborhood? What are they renting for right now?
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's looking at what the market is willing to pay for that very exact same or comparable rental. So so
1: we're sitting in the studio in Mansfield. Do you think it would be a good idea to compare a home here to a home in Ulysses?
0: No, no, not at all, because even it's part of being an expert in your market or knowing where to look, but each individual market, sometimes as small as the neighborhood it can, it's contained in, can vary from yep. block to block, Absolutely. from city to city, yep. and, and those trends change. They, sometimes they change rapidly, sometimes you have a very steady unchanging neighborhood directly next to a market that's that's hot and growing very quickly so even
1: even better than that we've got neighborhoods no yeah we've got neighborhoods that are so big you've got to understand the different parts of those neighborhoods like here in Mansfield we got Walnut Creek Valley. Well if I did if I did comparables on Walnut Creek Valley, I would have stuff across the board. You have to have an understanding of how that neighborhood is put together to be able to really do that. And this is the kind of thing we do. There's another one up in, uh, in Fort Worth, Watauga area called Summerfields. It's the same exact type of thing. It's such a huge neighborhood. And this part is way different than this part, you know? Yeah. So, I mean,
0: it's, it's even like phases, you know, a lot of neighborhoods have mm-hmm, phases like on yep. the Creek, like you're talking about. Well, if you don't pay attention that this phase was built in 98 and then this phase was built in
1: 2015,
0: if you, Tell me there's no difference there. there there's a 20-year nope. difference almost, but um, you got to look at it. You know, all, all factors play in.
1: So. so ideally what we do is we look at what we call comparables, right? These are rental comps. We call them for short. And so we take these rental comps. We take homes that are within roughly a couple hundred square feet of the size of our home. Make sure the bedroom count is the same. Um, age, we love it with if they're within five to ten years of age. And in the same neighborhood. So if we can find enough of those comps that fit that mold, that's all we need. We don't go, don't go outside of that. And that's how we create our market rate.
0: Yeah. And it's based on the market, right? It, the market can go up, it can go down. Um, and when we look at those things and evaluate it, you have to look at what, not just what's happening now and not just what happened six months ago, um, you got to take everything into account, right? Because you have summer markets, winter markets, all of it. So, and that that plays into when you lease, when you renew and and where those decisions come in. Yeah.
1: Sometimes we do have to make those decisions. You're absolutely right. So, um, so anyway, so now we've got these homes and let's say we've determined that that market rate is $1,500. So they're currently renting for $1,000. So you and I, Kyle, we've taken a really human approach to this, don't we? Where we kind of. Okay, we need to get these these rates up to fifteen hundred, but we need to be cognizant of the fact that you're not raising somebody's rent five hundred dollars just overnight. I mean, you can, but but it, that doesn't seem as it's a fifty percent raise that's, as human, that's, right? No. So yeah. so so we split it in half basically. So if we took your portfolio over, we would we would raise that to twelve fifty, right? And then. If you're gonna if you're gonna sign a one year lease with us, or you stay month to month at the market rate of fifteen hundred. Yeah, right? I mean
0: it's 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 being not just human. You know, you don't want to these these are people's homes. You got to give the tenant. Everyone's got a job to do, but the tenant still has a home to live in, and and if it, if they want to stay there, we we respect that with the with the process and and getting not just to market rate, but achieving our investors' goals or our clients' goals, whatever yep. they may be.
1: Yep. So. And then down the road, maybe next year, you know, now those things are going to be up to sixteen hundred, and we're going to kind of do the same thing, right? So now we're at twelve fifty. So do the same thing. So let's look at a less extreme example, Kyle. So we have a house that we've rented and managed for, let's say, ten years, mm-hmm. and it's already at seventeen fifty a month, and it needs to go up a little bit to, you know, seventeen seventy five or something. It's not. It's not that far off a market rate. The thing I want people to understand is we're not raising people's rent just for the sake of rent raising it. Some mm-hmm. people think that property managers do that, and there probably are some property managers out there that do do that. I think apartment complexes are notorious for that. <laughs> we're not going to point any fingers here, but <laughs> well, the, I just, uh,
0: it, yeah, there's there seems to be a trend. Um, I do have, and I'm sure you do, uh, clients, friends, colleagues that reach out to me and 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 show me these things that come after their first year and uh it also ties in a lot of people don't realize that they're given promotional rates like you ever get spectrum or or an internet service and they give you a you know a rate for a year and then it automatically goes up well there's a lot of contracts that are especially these days written up that way so Mm -hmm. you have to be cognizant of the terms that you're under
1: yeah yeah no that you're right about that that is important um yeah. So what, what I want people to understand here about what we're doing is, is if our tenant there at the end of the day, they're going to get this, what we call renewal. We send them a renewal option, right? We send them an option to stay month to month at market rate and usually a discounted rate to sign a, another one year lease. Okay. Um, or to stay at where they're at, if they're already at market rate to sign a one year lease. And what I want people to understand is I do not want a tenant, one of my tenants, I know exactly what's going to happen when they get that renewal. They're going to be upset, right, for, for five to 15 minutes, however long it takes for them to go on Zillow, <laughs> to look at all the surrounding homes, to find out that I can't move and get into something cheaper. Everything is actually at this rate. There isn't anything out there for me to go into to save money or not have this $25 increase, right? And that's what we want. We want our tenants to go through that. We're being very honest with them that this is the market rate. This is what we're going to do. We understand it, it it's upsetting. We didn't create the market, right? But when you figure that when you go like it's the consumers have all the information when they go get that information then they're like okay I get it yeah and, and
0: you know it's unless you stay month to month is what you're saying you generally get a better than market rate for yep. for staying in the house I mean we we don't just take it it's not taking advantage you know you like to keep both sides of the coin a win win the best it's you loyalty. can yeah and not having the turnover or all that to to remarket the property there's costs there of course if you get more money you get more money but if they stay um you like to respect that the tenant has the opportunity to stay in their home so that's the discount if you want to call it that <laughs> for renewals versus inflating it to see if you can push the market yep. farther than it should go yep Yeah. and it's never what we're trying to do as property managers Or I can only speak for us but yep um
1: so I mean, it's really simple. It's more complicated than that on the back end, right? We just it, simplified it, but but that really is what it, is, it comes and down I don't to. Want
0: people thinking that that's our process, like that's what tenants do. There's a, there's resources out there to look up market rents or whatever and compare for yourself. Uh, but we actually do have the tools to not only look at the the live market, but also live rents that are being updated and charged behind the scenes through various networks. So there's. It's a database decision is really what it comes down to. So
1: So I'm glad you mentioned that, Kyle, because we have tools that we pay for, right, that help us understand what this market rate is. So I'm a real estate agent. I have access to the best database there is called the MLS, right? And so while that's a great asset to have, it's not the only one we use and actually some of the other assets we use, are our systems that we use, our behind-the-scenes systems that look at market rates, they pull from all kinds of other avenues and websites to find out what they're getting for rent other than the MLS and give us even more expanded um, data about what market rate is. Yeah,
0: because it's not like, like you mentioned the MLS. It's not like for-sale listings and all that um, that are f- – more or less standardized and mostly in there. And you can get pretty much what you need through the MLS and the other resources you have on that on that side, where rentals and property management is not just a there's not just one true source, there's actually an expanding amount of sources for market rates and listings in general and what they get charged and all that. So especially with recent changes with Zillow, that that disconnect will probably expand even further. Mm-hmm. So having yep. somebody who not just looks at the data, but has the ability to determine and and read market rents is, is big for both sides, because yep. you wanna be fair to the market too, yep. so.
1: Yeah, we do that with a uh, diff- different topic, but we do the same thing with our short term rentals, right? Our, our oh AVs yeah. and stuff. We have a a different service that analyzes that, and much like this, much like we do with our long term rentals, it's a very similar type of of uh, data mining service that that we
0: database. But like like you said with the stuff earlier, it doesn't take out the human element. You yeah, know, we absolutely. N- we always make sure to have hands on. Pieces or or judgment yep. in in all the decisions we make, especially when it comes to uh, market rents.
1: And you know what we take we take condition into account, we take location into account, we take updates into account, we take all of those things into account when we're deciding what that market rate is for that home. I'm not taking a home that hasn't been updated for forty years and trying to give it the same. Rental rate as a brand new home that has granite counters, wood floors, and everything else that that the modern consumer would want. That we're just not doing that. We're taking all that stuff into account, right? Kind of like you look at for sale listings, and yeah, you know, exactly. When you listen to property, so so Kyle, I want to get into some of the whys, and we've kind of already touched on a couple of these, but there's really two big whys that I wanna I wanna walk away with with everybody um, about why you want to do this properly. Um, and really we talked about this already. And that is that this is a business that you need to, and you need to treat it like one, right? Each house is a separate business. And if you think of it that way, maybe you would make those decisions better, make those decisions more businesslike. That's what a good property manager does for you.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's taking out the emotional aspect of it for you because if you put your money into something and you invest, there's investing in anything makes you would make you assume that you want that money to turn into more money at the minimum, and at the maximum, compound make you as much as you can, you know, whatever. That's why we all invest. Um, Why do that if you're not trying to be uh, make that investment and that effort as effective as it can be, or should be.
1: so Well, Kyle, that's a beautiful dovetail into the second one, which is you want the your current – if you're looking to build your portfolio like we talked about with the Setons in episode two and three, we talked about building your empire. Mm-hmm. And if that's where you are, you're looking to build your empire, if you're in that stage of your investing life cycle, then you want to get as much capital – out of this asset as you can so that you can go acquire more properties right That's part of each property is giving you more and more and more ability to accumulate capital to acquire more
0: yeah and twofold on that if you have uh, you know evaluating market rents or looking at the market rent is also important to building your empire because it it squeezes your your net of what you're looking at on the market. If you're considering a property as an investment, if you don't have the right market rent in mind, every other data point you have is flawed because you need to know what you conservatively sure can collect on that rental as a starting point and make your investing decisions based on that and and the other data points. But really without that, without it being correct, you could be limiting yourself away from deals that otherwise would be, um, smart for your investing mm-hmm. strategy.
1: So yep. I love it. I love it. Good stuff, Kyle. I'm thinking about a couple things. I'm thinking about two things that come to mind. One, we don't realize as landlords how much we affect the rental market in our neighborhoods. So what I mean by that is you have a thought.
0: Well I no, I'm fully I- agree with you. And we're not landlords, we're property managers. We're property managers,
1: but but we're we're, we're the landlord to the tenant, we're a landlord, Mm -hmm. right? And so as property managers, as homeowners, when we're renting a home, when we set that price, we affect that market rate so drastically. You and I see this all the time. And I'm thinking back on my first rental property in Texas, I remember- I tried so hard to get 10, 50, $1,100 a month for that thing because I I could see that it could get it. But there was the, that particular neighborhood was flooded with investors that were coming in and they were all intent on listing their homes for 995 a month that everyone seemed to think that 995 was the number. And I had a heck of a time in that neighborhood. They really pulled that home down lower than it should have been on the flip side. We see all the time where we lead the trail to upward mobility on a neighborhood. Right. And we get, you know, we do things to a home to make it really get more than the rest of the neighborhood. And, and everyone else kind of follows. Right. And.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's not even like that you got to lead the pack. It's just the, in that, case the pack wasn't moving solely because it wasn't being looked at you know we set the price at what it should have been set for example and say we got seven ten plus applications that means there's people willing to pay that that's what a market is it's it's what some it's what the general market is willing to pay for it and when you don't increase the price or, or you charge too much even it works on both sides you're hurting not only your immediate market but the whole market as a whole from, from growing because yeah. everybody wants the real estate market to grow. Yep. So, <laughs> yep.
1: Well, Kyle, I hope that this has been helpful to everybody. I appreciate you, your insight here on this um, next week uh, for, for our next podcast. I want to get into our second uh, way that a great property manager makes you more money, a ton more money, really. And that is through maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. Main, maintaining the home, um, things pop up, how is it handled, um, which gets into all the other topics we're going to get into, tenant turnover, and and um, we, we've got several things that we want to <laughs> get into, but next week we're going to talk, talk about maintenance.
0: Yeah, and it's just one of the many points that go into the tenant's experience because it's another factor that's rarely looked at. Yep. And, you know, we don't, I'm not going to say we don't care. The, the investment goal isn't to provide a rental that gives the best experience a tenant's ever had at a property. It, it goes back into what I was saying, that it's a structured, you know what you're going to get experience is is not just the goal. It's how it should be set up. It's what keeps people around and keeps them liking you, whatever the case, because um, they know what they're going to get, you know. Volatility in the status of your home is not what most people want. Mm, so nope.
1: people want stability. Absolutely. It's true. So look There's, forward to it
0: and uh, let's keep improving the tenant experience.
1: <laughs> All right. Love it. So Kyle, we talked about um, a special offer at the end and what I want to offer to people, if, if you're out there, if you're listening to this and hopefully you've listened to some of our past podcasts and you have a portfolio now, whether it's one house or 10 houses or 50 houses. We'd like to offer for you to be able to send that portfolio with your current rental amounts to any a special email address so that we can, for free, analyze that portfolio for you and show you what a great property manager could be getting for you. Yes, and and to
0: keep that very structured, that that's exactly what like, you send. Your portfolio addresses. Um, That's all we want is address and your current rental amount, right? Yeah, even That's if you it. don't, even if you don't send the current rental amount, hide that if you want, because we'll show you what we're gonna get you if you send the current rental amount. I'll you know, do all I the wanna, mathematical I wanna differences. To, I want to
1: be able to know what I'm doing for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, either way, if you don't want that, you, you just want to make it easy. Send me a list of your properties. Send it to show me the money at weartpm.com. And we will simply respond with here, here's what we think we can do for you. Um, You know, let us know if you want to reach out, and we won't blow you up with daily emails or all that. So it's not an email list, it's simply. let me know what you can do for me without any commitment. Yep.
1: And yep. We're not big just on an pressure, email. are we? We just want to <laughs> inform people. We want to make sure. That's why we do this podcast, right? It's a really passive way for us to get the information out there um, so that people know how to do this better, how to build wealth better, right? Yeah. And
0: I mean, some people do it right. And if you do, more power to you. Yep. I mean, there's still, we'll get in on other episodes that there's still value in in hiring a great property manager,
1: but either way. Um, I've mentioned this before. We've done this an- analysis with several times with people. And I can only think of one person that ever gave me their portfolio. And I looked at it and everything was like at market rate. And I was like, wow, you're doing a good job. Right. And I had called him too. And I said, look, you're the first person ever that's that I've seen this. You're doing a great job keeping your market rates up. Keep it up. You you don't need me for this reason. You might need me for other reasons, but you don't need me for this reason.
0: Yeah, I know you're talking about too, and we gave him kudos for it. And yep. I think it took six months to a year to find out that their agent was deciding the market rents for him. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Still good stuff though. All yeah. right.
1: So until next time, sh- send us that email. With, Show uh, me the money at sh- weartpm.com. All written out. Love it. Show me the money. I love it. At WeAreTPM.com. Good job, Kyle. Anything else? No. I All think right, that's it for today. Next Thanks week we're going to talk about maintenance. Look forward to it. Fun stuff. All right.